0: broadcasting from orchard park new york and boca raton florida you are listening to freight 360 whether it's breaking news tips to increase your business or just some good old sports talk this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight i'm your host nate cross and benjamin kowalski let's talk freight all right welcome back for episode 89 of freight 360 this is a first we got live episode we're we're all in the same all in the same place here we got we got trey griggs from lean solutions group myself and ben all down here in coral springs florida uh trey i love the office this is a you're it's a beautiful place and uh you guys got an awesome team that we got to meet this morning so appreciate having us here
1: no absolutely glad to have you guys here it's a it's a nice office we've been here about five months or something like that and um, it's been just a great office, a lot of space to grow. If, you know, if we're looking to do that,
2: and just uh, uh, you know, not as many cobwebs, so it's nice. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, layout, the furniture, the offices, the people. I mean, absolutely. And you guys are literally adjacent to a golf course, which isn't a bad. Yeah. Never, never a bad place to be located for work. <laughs> never, so. that's true.
0: Speaking of golf, we're going to be hitting the links uh, in a little bit later here today, and we'll see who who can play. We are did you guys bring your money. Oh yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It'll see, be, it'll, we it'll be can hash out the wagers at see, the end of the episode. We'll <laughs> I dig. I call. I get a stroke of hole. That's, that's. I'm gonna call that right now. But uh, good stuff. So hey, if you guys are brand new to Freight360, welcome to Freight360. If you've been with us for a while, welcome back. There's 88 other episodes. Make sure to check all of them out. We're excited to have you all on here and listening today. We're gonna be talking about the agency model of freight brokering and um, some things to help you succeed if you decide to go down that road. Or maybe you're a W2 right now, or you are maybe you're a licensed broker. And you're thinking, hey, is the agency model right for me? We're going to kind of peel those layers back and talk about what you should be focusing on in order to be successful if you go down that road. So, um, yeah. So let's uh, let's do a little sports update here, really, really quick. So I don't have a whole lot on the NFL. Although the one thing I wanted to point out, I know we just talked about it a couple minutes ago, is um, the the Tom Brady um, the Bucks game in New England playing the Patriots this year. The cheapest ticket available was like $1,400. I think the most expensive was like 12 grand.
2: How many seats? Is it a full stadium? Uh, that...
0: I think they're expecting to go full stadium. And uh, Gillette's got, I don't know, I would imagine like 70 to 80,000 in the in the stands there. So. Pay
1: 1400 bucks to have the former guy come in and
0: yeah, it, it whoop your ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's interesting. It's an yep. interesting dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's going to be exciting. I know that, um, you know, as a Chiefs fan, uh, looking to see you know how well they rebound from last year's loss. You know they've rebuilt the offensive line, which was their their weakness. So you know a lot of people are still looking at them as one of the favorites in the AFC. Buffalo's coming up strong, which I know you love. The Browns uh, are are making some waves. Uh, uh, ten win season. You can't throw them yeah, out, you know, yeah. You, you can't, can't write them off. You can't at all. I mean they've got uh, they they just have got different. Seems like a different DNA now.
0: I feel like the Steelers basically gave Cleveland you know their record last year though. The Steelers just absolutely. No offense, Ben. The <laughs> yeah, they are just garbage.
1: No, that's true. But you know, in the NFC—it's interesting. There's just not as much uh, as much action. You got the whole situation with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, and nobody knows what's going to happen with that. The <sighs> Buccaneers seem completely loaded. Yeah. You know, I don't know uh, who's going to necessarily beat them. You got New Orleans that no longer has Drew Brees, which is going to be interesting and, and new to watch. And it's it's just interesting. I think the top quarterbacks besides Brady at this point. If especially if you throw out Aaron Rodgers because you don't know, many of them are in the AFC. Yep. Justin Herbert at uh, San Diego that's that played really well and they, they built a lot around him. So it'll be a great season, a lot of fun. Extra game for everybody.
0: So yeah. That's yeah. It. An extra game that counts. Not yeah. necessarily an extra game, but just one extra yeah. game that counts. Yep. So you know that uh, goes. So did, did they cut out they cut a preseason out. Correct. Right? And added yeah. the seventeenth game out okay. That's correct. I, I had at one point I thought they cut two preseasons out and added one regular in. So it was actually a week. Well, one know, week left. I can't verify that. I yeah, think it's
1: just I think it's just one. They uh, just
0: kind of swapped two. one for one, yeah. yeah. But we'll
1: see so. about that. Yeah, yeah a, that, and there's one. Is it is it New England? There's one team that literally plays a team coming off a of bye three three times. And I think that I think that might be might be Belichick, where they're the only team that does that, where they play a team that's coming off a of bye for th- three weeks. Oh, and so that'll be interesting. Where yeah, the, that team's gonna be fresh. And
0: not.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yikes. Yeah, if If anybody to happen it to, I'm happy it's happening to Bill <laughs> Bell. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> if he's
0: such a good kid. If there's anybody that's going to get the short can, end of the stick, I'm okay it. with that. Speaking <laughs> of bills, or no, I guess it's Bob Bob Baffert. The uh, so going back, we Trainer only talked about the uh, the, the Kentucky Derby, Medina Spirit. So he's not able to Medina Spirit is not able to race in Belmont Stakes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wait, so he was able to? He's able to race in the Preakness, but not the that's Belmont? Right. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. golf, was I, I don't know. It's
0: like. It's not it's like he, he's body. bad. He's it's good. He's government. bad. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He just reminds me of like a Bill Belichick type of guy, though, where you just never really trust what's going on behind the <laughs> scenes. So. Whatever. Yeah. Um, in the golf world, though, PGA Championship it has a big week this year. Yeah,
1: Kiowa yeah, uh, Island, South, South Carolina. The last time it was played there, um, McEl- uh, Roy McIlroy won by eight strokes. I just wow, obliterated the field. He was two strokes down after thirty-six holes and won by eight. Two 2012? Two thousand twelve. So he blitzed the field by ten shots. The next best player by ten shots
0: over two days, which is really impressive. That's insane. Um, what did he? Gonna, was he like a minus like sixteen or seventeen or something? I like that? it was like
1: I think it was fourteen. Or 12. It was a little lower because the wind blows there. I think you know this year they're predicting winning scores around ten or twelve under. around okay. But it was also the home of the uh, nineteen ninety three Ryder Cup, which was um, incredible. Three days of golf came down to one putt on the eighteenth hole by Bernard Longer, and uh, he missed a six footer. If he made it, Europeans would have won. He missed. The United States won. Mm. So one of the one of the greatest Ryder Cups in history there. So a lot of history at this course. Really cool place. Um, you know, some guys that are playing well, and uh, it'll be fun to see. Unfortunately, no Tigers still. Still waiting. He's to hear still out, but him.
2: Rory's a Rory's a new dad this year too. So I mean, he had didn't play as great as I would have liked to see him play. You know, but you know, he had said new challenges in life. He's really anxious to get at it this year. So hopefully, he finds a stride. Yeah, and I'm sure it's a good feeling to be in there. So it'll be it'll be a fun week. It's yeah, sure. always a fun fun week.
0: Now the Advent Health Championship. What's going on with yeah, that Yeah, the tournament that no one's probably ever heard of before. <laughs> it used to be the KC
1: Classic, and it's on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the kind of the minor leagues. It's the developmental tour that goes right to the PGA. The top twenty-five point earners at the end of the year get a PGA Tour card, and one of those is our um, our brand ambassador, Jared Wolf, which uh, we're really excited. He's wearing the Lean Solutions logo on his uh, chest this year and uh, representing us well out there. So that He's tournament a great player too, phenomenal player. Um, so that uh, that tournament uh, recently got a title sponsor, which is Advent Health. And so this year it's the Advent Health Championship in Kansas City out of Blue Hills Country Club. And uh, Jared's going to be out there. We're going to take some prospects and clients out there, so it's a lot of fun. In fact, when this drops, we'll probably actually be out there enjoying some drinks. Nice. And, uh, watching, watching the golf and get a chance for our prospects and clients to meet Jared. Get Good. some you know, autographed memorabilia
0: and stuff like that. So That's it'll be awesome. Good stuff. That's our sports update. We're going to we're gonna hop into the agency model here. And the, the reason we wanted to talk about this is, you know, me personally, this is this is the world that I live in as the agent model of freight brokering. Uh, ben, I know for you, you've, you've operated in the W2 world and then smaller brokerages um, and coaching. And um, Trey, you, you guys do a, a absolute ton of work with staffing and back office help and, and all that stuff. The agent model is sometimes unfamiliar to some folks. And whether you look to bring on somebody as an agent or you wanna run an agency and have maybe sub-agents or some employees working in your office, there's a lot of misconceptions and things that people don't think about or plan for, and it can lead to their failure. So um, that's really what we wanted to talk about here. And I guess to to kind of get right into it, um, really quick, what is a freight agent? And I know we've we've talked about this before, but. Um, if you're a freight agent, you're not a licensed broker. You, start with what they aren't. Yeah, I think So, the way so what it. they're not <laughs> is they're not a licensed broker, okay? They are um, a 1099 independent contractor that operates under the authority of a licensed freight broker. So um, in many cases, the larger agent-based companies, that's all they have is a group of agents. They have a corporate office with a back office that will do their accounting and their um, carrier vetting and credit, setup, credit vetting and customer setups and all that stuff but the actual brokering and the operational piece of it is done by the network of the 1099 agents. Um, some smaller folks will try to bring on an agent and they don't really know how to manage them. Um, so that's kind of what an agent is. They're they're, yeah, they're not a licensed broker, but they are, they're moving freight. They focus on sales and they focus on operations, but not the back office, so.
1: So let me ask a question about that. So, and this would be good for you, Why would somebody want to be an agent versus a licensed freight broker? What's the advantages? what's the reason they do that? Yeah, I think it's important, you know, especially as people consider opening a brokerage. Sometimes it might be better to start as an agent. Sometimes it's better to start as a broker. What are the advantages and disadvantages to becoming a, a,
0: an agent? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, oftentimes, like you said, folks will they'll use the agent model to develop themselves before they start their own brokerage. Um, and a lot of times they end up just staying as an agent. But the the reason that someone would be an agent is they don't want to deal with any of the back office, right? They don't want to have to build their customers or track down PODs and carrier invoices. And the other big part is the cash flow part. And Ben, I know you and I have we've hit the you know the nail on the head like fifty different times on cash flow and what it costs to actually run a brokerage. Um, so you kind of have two options. It's like, hey, do I want to do I want to start my own brokerage and pay for the insurance, pay for the bond? either have to have money in the bank or pay 5% or 3% for factoring fees um, or do I just become an agent, take home, you know, like in most cases, 70% of your profits and not have to worry about any of the back office BS, right? I don't have to worry about sending invoices to my customer. If my customer doesn't pay, I'm not liable for that. So that's the benefit of being an agent. Now, what a lot of folks will do is they'll succeed as an agent and they're like, you know what? I've got a lot of money built up. I can go start my own brokerage now. And I've seen Some people will succeed at that, but the majority, they either do it and they fail, or they do it and they're like, I don't enjoy doing these back office tasks. That's the reason that I became an agent in the first place, and they go back to being an agent. They're very
2: different jobs, right? You and I were talking about this this morning in regards to different roles, different functions, and even people's different experiences before they start their own brokerage, right? Whether you come from a pod model or a cradle-to-the-grave model, you get exposed to different things, you're going to learn different things, and you're usually going to enjoy different things. It's the same thing I always think when somebody goes, oh, I love being a broker, and then they want to go be a manager. And I'm like, do you know what that entails is always the thanks. first question I ask. And yeah. I'm like, because you're managing customers and freight and drivers and profit. Over here, you're managing mostly people. And you're managing, people are messy. It's a different job. You're making sure people are there on time. They're motivated. You're dealing with their home life and their personal life. They're very different jobs in a lot of different ways. So yep. I think it's a good question to ask.
0: That That's a good point. So one of the things that, and we like I said, we talked about it before, is you might be good at brokering freight, but that does not mean you're going to be
2: a good business owner or a good leader when it comes to running an organization. So or have been exposed to it, right? Just yeah. like you said, like for some people, it's not that they know whether they enjoy it or even whether they'd be proficient at it because they haven't been exposed to it. Somebody else has handled that. It just happens behind the scenes. Yep.
0: So the, um, the successful agencies, right? And that, so an agency would be an agent that has multiple people within their office. Um, kind of like a branch or like a franchise of a of a brokerage per se. They'll usually have you know seven eight maybe ten employees, and so it's a it's a fairly large um, operation. They've got their own office that they either own themselves or they rent, um, and they've got to really have that leadership. Capability and that passion to not just succeed as a broker, but to actually be able to grow and develop and, and lead a team. So I think that
1: actually is a good distinction. Some people want to be an agent because they want the freedom. They yep. want to just do their own thing, make what they want to make, even if there's a limitation. They just like the fact that they can do it from the beach, that they don't have to manage anybody, that they can you know uh, run their business and do their own thing. Other people use the agency model to really create their own business, to really yep. create their own office. And so there's also a distinction in that regard in terms of what you really want out of it. Do you want to just have the freedom to do what you want, not to deal with anybody else? Or do you want to actually have the opportunity to run a business? And the advantage, like you said, is you don't have to deal with the back office even then. You still deal with your employees. You still manage, mm-hmm. but you don't have to deal
2: with the back office. So it's a, it's a very flexible model. I sure. think that's a really good place to pause for a second and for everyone out there thinking about this, if you are contemplating the different avenues that we're talking about, the first question I think you should ask yourself is where do you want to go and why do you want to get there, right? Because a lot of people, I think, and Trey made me think of this is they go there because they think that's just more profitable. They're Like, I just want to keep more of the money, but you need to also ask yourself if you want to do those other jobs that like Nate takes care of for Pierce, right? I talk to a lot of people that you've ended up working with and have conversations with and they're like, you know, what's the benefit of the agent model? I'm like, one of the big benefits is having somebody like Nate, somebody that's seen more things than you've likely been exposed to and in a quick phone call can access that information and get you those answers. That's a big plus. Yeah. So Trey,
0: back to your original question, why would somebody want to be an agent versus um, being a licensed broker? If you're a licensed broker, you, you kind of run that risk of feeling like you're alone on an island. You don't have that support and that second opinion or that second set of eyes that you would have if you're an agent for a, a you know a larger company that has the experience and has other agents and other um, folks that do different types of business in the organization. So it's it's that, I guess, that level of um, reach or, um, yeah, I guess it's like that, that kind of that reach or the influence that you can have and get from the other folks in the organization. So um, now, Back to the, like I was saying, the, the size of, let's say, 8 to 10 folks in a, a fairly good size agency. I want to talk about the, the, the folks that don't get there. I want to talk about where they get stuck and why they fail to grow. And then I want to kind of talk the lean side of it and, and kind of where that solution um, comes into play. So a lot of folks, uh, I'll give you some, some round average numbers here. The, the average agent that's just a one-person show that um, hits that ceiling, it's usually they're doing... Five to ten loads a day. They might be at about two million dollars a year, and and their total revenue or their their sales, and they have zero employees, right? And they can never really get past that point because without adding additional bodies or additional people in, into their operation, they just don't have time to do anything else. Um, so there's that, you know, there's that fear of can I hire someone and trust them to do the same level of work or that same quality of work that I do personally? Um, so. Trey, you guys work with some agencies, right? And you you guys offer the ability to do staffing or a variety of things. Um, How do you, I guess, what would you tell somebody if they were looking at, you know, how do I find somebody to come into my organization? How do I know if they're gonna be a good fit? If they're gonna be a good match for the team? Um, how does that process look?
1: I think part of it starts with understanding, you know, how you want to manage your team or how you want to build your team because some people may want to actually have the office, you know, get office space and have people on site and, and you know, create that that atmosphere. Other people maybe working from home. A lot of agents work from home. Yeah. So do you want to have people coming into your home? You want to move out of that and go in an office space? If you don't, that's where, you know, Staff augmentation with lean really makes a lot of sense because we help manage, we provide the office space, you know, we provide a lot of the training and support versus you doing it all on your own. So I think the first start is, is to look at what do I really want this to look like? How do I want to build this out? And the second thing is where are my strengths? You know, what, what am I good at? Am I a salesperson? Am I able to go out and get more freight? Because one of the limitations, as you said, is just bandwidth. Yep. If you build up your agency where you're doing 10, 15 loads a day, well, now you're going to spend the majority of your time servicing those loads and those customers, not going and getting new customers. If you enjoy the sales side, then you should look at getting people on the ops side that can help you in that realm to let you do more sales. If you're an ops-minded person, you enjoy that. You enjoy working you know, in the loads and tracking and, and all of those a- aspects of, of, uh, of, of the life cycle of a load then you wanna get people who can do business development. And so we've, we then ask that question, okay, what do you wanna do? And then let's build around that. So if you wanna do sales, we'll get you some people that can help with ops, with data entry, with track and trace, with all the different aspects of the load once it's, once it's booked, or do you wanna do that and we'll help you with the sales side. And so again, it just depends on where their strengths are and how they wanna build it out. But those are the two main questions is, do you wanna do this on your own, finding your own office space and building yourself, doing the recruiting, doing the hiring, doing all that, the paperwork and all that, or do you want to stay maybe in a smaller office or in your home and let us take care of that in Columbia by building your team? we um, were very successful with that second model where people say, hey, I don't want to manage this. I don't want to go out and find office space. I don't want to deal with all those headaches. I just want to keep building my business mm-hmm. and do what I'm doing <clears throat> and really focus on my sweet spots, and then we come
2: around and help out with that. And I think that's a very different approach. It's the, one of the things that struck me in our first conversations about Lean when we were having breakfast here, I don't know, probably about a year ago, was so many companies in the space that are going after logistics, providing solutions, they come up with a product and then they tell other salespeople, this is the product, this is the answer, now go make people want it, right? Which I always thought is kind of ass backwards. like my approach to sales, what I've learned and what I've found is effective is the opposite. What you said is you asked the question, what is it that you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to continue doing? Let's now find a solution that fits that. Let's not take our solution and make your company fit what we do. You should be supporting them. That's the whole point. And I think that's worth pointing out because not a lot of companies are doing it that way. Yeah, and
1: there's very few products in the market that get away with that. I think <laughs> Apple would be one of those. Yeah. yeah. Apple's one where they told us what we wanted and they were right. Yep. Uh, you know, Tesla's probably going to do the same thing with electric cars and some other things like that. But there's not a lot of solutions out there that. Um, you know, can take that approach. It's much better to be customer-centric and find out exactly what, what they need. And again, that's that's a part of the philosophy of sales of selling outcomes, not selling features or products. If
2: you have a great product with features, you're trying to push those features, yep. someone may not need those features. Yep. Or understand yeah. them or know how they fit and a list of other reasons why that doesn't work in a sales format either. It's just going through. It's like when you go to buy a car, you don't sit and go through the spec sheet and go, yeah, let me see the horsepower. Let me look at the gears. Let me look. At the... You're like, no, I'm going to pick the one that I like and the one that feels right. Yeah, right? It's an emotional the color.
0: I
1: like the way the wheels yeah. look. I like the way I feel when I'm driving it. Right? Yep. That's 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 kind of how it works in, in that regard. So, you know, we one of, the, one of the questions that we ask people on a sales call, because, you know, a lot of times you get on a sales call with people and you want to just go through your PowerPoint. You want to go through your deck. Let me tell you about us. What we like to do when I teach is, you know, tell us about you first, tell us about your company, your story, but also what are your objectives in the next three, six, 12 months? What are you trying to accomplish? Because what you might be trying to accomplish is not something that we can help with right now. Yeah. But maybe it is. So tell us about where you're at. We're not just going to throw you what we have.
2: Let's let's try to find out how we can best support what your goals are and where you're where are at. Reminds me of my favorite adage, right? God gave us two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately, right? Ask questions and listen.
0: That's a that's a good point. It's funny how you how you said the uh, you know people want to go through their their PowerPoint or their presentation. It took me a couple years working in sales before I realized that. Um, I stopped using any kind of formatted call. I just, I just had the same questions in my mind that I knew if, hey, if I ask this probing question or these questions, they're gonna paint me a picture of where I do or do not fit in. It's that simple. Because there's nothing worse than um, someone trying to sell you something that you don't need or you can't even use. It's not beneficial. It just wastes everybody's time. Yeah. So.
1: Well, this isn't really the topic, but I'll say this: if you are a salesperson out there. If you can't sell your service or your product without a slide deck, then you're not really selling
2: very well. You're yeah. not prepared. You need to go back and practice. If you can go into a room and sit
1: with somebody and ask
2: questions, at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, I want to work with you. Yep. Then, then now you're selling.
1: But if you're if you're relying on, a, on your, your sales deck, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. Both of those
2: are two really good points. It's that if you ask better questions, you get better answers. And if you get better answers, you have a better understanding of the need, which is what you're all after anyway. Yes. Everybody. Without a doubt.
0: So um, I want to talk about the you know, how agents do start to grow and I wanna hit back on that, hiring ops people. Uh, and we can talk about the sales side too, but the the way that I've seen agents succeed the best, what they typically do is they'll bring out, once they have their their time's maxed out, right? So there's no point in hiring if your day's not already booked to the max. You're just gonna be wasting your time and wasting your money. Um, but your day's full, you're working your 12 hour days, six days a week, seven days a week, whatever it is, when it's time to hire, the one thing that you need to make sure you do is that whoever you hire, they need to be enabling you to produce more profits than it costs to hire them, and then some, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're not, they just become an expense to you. Um, so the successful folks, they tend to be really, really good at sales and they can get more and more accounts. They just don't have time to, to book all the loads and do all the track and trace. They usually bring on one or two ops folks to get started off. Um, I've seen some people try to do it, I'm gonna hire someone part-time, but you know the work isn't part-time work. The, work. the work happens throughout the entire week, right? Um, but one to two ops folks, and you train them up very, very good on, um, you know, how to do that, and then also your specific customer, their little nuances, and where everything loads, this and that. And then as soon as you get them fully up and running, then you can go and grow your business. So there's a little bit of an investment up front where you're not, you can't assume like day one you're gonna be moving 2X the amount of freight, right? There's a there's a grooming and a, a growth period there that I think a lot of people, they just assume, oh, I don't have to do that. I hired them, I'm paying them, it's all good
2: now. Exactly. No, no, And that's the cost that I think people don't see, right? It's the time it takes to delegate. It's the time it takes to interview. Do you know how many people you need to interview before you're gonna find the right person? That's a cost. That's a time that you're not selling. You're not doing what you do best. Then you hopefully pick the right person and the way this was explained to me made, resonated the best was like, think about this, huge companies, like the biggest ones in the world that have people that have just gone to school for this, that just do this HR work. They might have 50 people. It's still hard for them to do this. Yep. So realize that when you have a team of people, it's still difficult to be able to ascertain whether or not somebody will be a fit. And then you've got to take time out of selling to go train that person. Then you've got to take time out of selling to make sure that person is also doing the correct and accurate work in logistics. Otherwise, it's not worth doing at all. And that's why I've always felt that Lean provides this really valuable solution to that because those are the costs that I think people overlook. And then once they're buried in it, they're training two, three people and they're not able to get back to their customers or cover their trucks and they're going, this is going horribly wrong quickly. These yeah. are the things that I think we should be able to kind of talk through because that's what really happens, right? Yeah. So how world. do you guys kind of approach that in a different way to reduce those costs and offset yeah. the risk?
1: Well, I mean, first, first of all, it's a turnkey solution for us because we do it every day. So you're, you know, when, when you're an agent and you try this on your own, it's a net new project. You know, you're having to learn how to, how to hire, you're having to learn how to train, you're having to learn how to manage. When you partner with somebody Lean, we already have a lot of that figured out. You know, we take care of the, the recruiting process for you. So we're, bring, we're vetting candidates before they ever get to you. So when they do, they've been through our training pro- process. We've kind of already filtered out the ones that, that aren't are probably going to make it. When you interview candidates with us, you're already getting candidates that have gone through that process and are, are likely going to be good candidates. Then we partner with you on the training side. We take care of all the HR work. We take care of the payroll taxes, the benefits. We set them up on all that. So all those things that an agent would have to do on their own. We do
2: it. And the office space. Which and the office there's There's such a push since the pandemic to people going to work from home, people working remote. A lot of the W-2 folks, even at the large brokerages, are still working from home and will be for the next year. So I would see the more of the new brokers, and that's what you know. Nate and I have been working on and with you guys with Free360, is trying to help get these people the resources yep. that don't want to scale up, that don't want to lease office space, that don't really know whether or not right. this will work yet. This is a great way to be able to see without taking that overhead risk. Well, like
1: what you said, if, if, if an agent you know, looked at all the things you just said and that we're talking about in terms of what it takes to actually hire somebody and the time it takes and the resources and the office space and all that, it will be overwhelming for a lot of them and they're just like, I don't want to do it, Yeah, which is why most of them don't because yep. it's a lot of work. But when you partner with someone like Lean with us, you know, we take a lot of those headaches. That's kind of our tagline. We take the headaches out of hiring and growing your team. And because we handle all of those and we know how to do it, it's turnkey. We're specialized in logistics, so we know what it means to you know, interloads and track and trace them and, and all of those types of, of, of responsibilities. It's really a no-brainer from a, from a standpoint of, like to me, agents, the most value we bring is actually to agents because they, they're kind of out there doing their own thing, Yep. and they don't have the systems in place. They don't have the training protocols in place. They don't have the SOPs
2: written out. We have all that already written out. And you know how much that costs to work with a consulting company to work? Tens of thousands of dollars. Yes. Right, right. I mean, you're looking at a lot of money. And then here's the other thing, too. is you said, a lot of times
1: agents want to hire somebody part-time because they don't have full-time work yet. Well, again, one that's really difficult to do to find somebody who's willing to work Mm part-time, who's good, who's loyal. That's very, very challenging. So what we do is we're able to to give you somebody full-time for almost the same price as a part-time, you know, because again, you're not paying payroll taxes, you're not paying benefits, you know, so, you know, an accounting specialist with us is going to cost you 25 grand a year. Like, you know, where are you going to get an employee for 2000 a month that's full-time, that's dedicated to you, who knows what they're doing.
2: Well, I'll give you the other side of that too, right? To pay a a coach or somebody to come in and do that with you, you're 10 to $15,000 to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know what it takes to build a training course, it just took Nate and I, what, six months to build out ours? yeah. And I mean, we've done this and done this for between the two of us, a better part of a decade, like that's what you're gonna be doing in your spare time, in your weekends, when you're not brokering trucks, when you're not servicing your customers.
0: So think about it like this. We, we, at the beginning of the discussion, we talked about why would someone want to be an agent, right? They don't want to deal with any additional (laughs) tasks like, like back office. And on top of that, why would they wanna deal with the having to go get an office to actually and hire people and have a place to, you know, put butts in seats, right? So having that that option with you guys at lean is um, it's, a, it's a perfect solution for the people that don't want the headaches. And that's a
1: good point. It's not one or the other. It can actually be both. You, know, you might want to have one or two people on site for certain jobs that you feel are important to be stateside or to be in a group, and maybe you know, some of the others you know, aren't as important for them. Best. So it can be your entire operations can be with lean, or it can be a few select jobs can mm-hmm. be with lean that you don't really want to do. So it's very flexible. And again, we had, it's a turnkey solution. So from an agent perspective, I mean, I don't think there's any other better way to grow your office and to have more bandwidth and to partner with somebody who does this every day, who knows exactly what they're doing and knows how your
0: business works. So what do you guys typically see timeline? So let's say um, an agent, they're they're on a growth mode, right? And they want to bring on, let's say they bring on two ops people, right? To help yep. grow their agency. What do you see from, well, I guess before day one, what does the, the training period look like for the, the lean reps? And then how does that transition look um, over the first couple of months after they start up. Yeah. So the whole process before, uh, you know,
1: an assigned service provider in Columbia goes live with a a customer, with an agent is about three to five weeks. And that includes, you know, we do the vetting and recruiting and then we'll schedule interviews and then all of our customers get to interview and hire the people that they want. We don't just place people. And that's important, right? Yeah. They get to find people who they think are a good fit for their culture, who are um, going to represent their company well, especially if they're doing sales or something customer-facing and you know making sure that their English proficiency is, is, is up to their, their standard and all that. So we take care of a lot of that. They interview, they select the candidates, and then we go to work hiring them, You know, getting their HR. A lot of times they're already hired. We actually hire in advance. This is another aspect of how we're able to get to speed faster. We hire people in advance, we put them through our logistics training program, we actually weed a lot of people out before they ever interview with a client. In that case, it speeds up the process even more. Yeah. So you know, an agent's gonna select their candidates, we're gonna do an official hire date or a transition date with them, if they haven't been through the logistics training, we'll put them through that. If they have, then they're already good to go. Then we hand them over to our clients, and that's when they're going to do their, their training, you know, on their processes, their yep. systems.
0: Learn their TMS. Learn, yeah, Yeah, exactly. How, how do you want
1: them to work in there? What do you want them to, to actually do? And most companies, that's a two- to four-week training process. Like you said, you got to invest time in that. So it slows you down a little bit. But you invest that two to four weeks, make sure they're doing exactly what you want from a data entry or track and trace perspective. And then you can take that off your plate and move on to the things you want to do, like maybe selling or business development, whatever, uh, client relations. Um, So, you know, all in all, I would say it's, if you're being fair about it, it's about a two-month process from when you first engage with us to when somebody's really humming on the
2: job that you hired them to do. You know, it's interesting. I had a spreadsheet that showed, and I used to use this to teach delegation, because one of the biggest reasons people don't want to get things off their plate is because, well, one, they can do it faster, two, they know they can do it right, and three, it's easier, right? So you people, even when they have the right person, have that hesitancy. So there's a spreadsheet we built out that shows your ROI on actual delegation on a time basis, right, so if you spend an hour of your time, right, what is your return on your investment time-wise? It's like 1,500%. So it's like, yes, it does, it's be honest, it sucks in the, in the immediate, right? Like you're gonna, they're gonna make mistakes. Everybody does when they learn. That's how we've all learned to do everything in our lives. But the reality is, is at the end of that period, that's your return on your investment. Yep. It's like 1,500% for every hour you spend with a qualified, vetted, Trained person that has gone through your system, you're going to see a massive return on the time you invest with that person in your business.
0: Yeah, and I'll say the tip here is to not take shortcuts in this process. So what I think is awesome with Lean is you guys put them through logistics training before they before they even do training with the with the agent on that TMS that they're going to be using and and whatnot. Um, I've seen too many people. Say, oh, I'm gonna hire my uh, brother or my cousin or my friend to help me out because I'm growing, and they have no background in transportation or logistics or freight in general. They don't train them on the path it, and the they're just like, oh, I'm gonna show you how yeah. to like, hey, when when I email you this, put it in the system like this. Yeah. It's like, dude, they they have to be able to conceptualize. What is actually happening? <laughs> Where the pieces are going? Just <laughs> like, oh, no, no. <laughs> and then they screw
1: something up, and you got to see them at Thanksgiving. Right? Yeah, right. Turkey, tangentially weird. <laughs> you know, it, that, it, that there's dinner. something to be said about that because it's not. I mean, the, the question is, okay, what logistics training you're actually putting them through? You know, that's a great question for for prospects to ask us. Well, we work with almost 200 transportation companies, including 11 publicly traded companies in the space. People that you know, everyone in the space would recognize. And the training came out of best practices with all of them. So it is it is a conglomeration of all of the experience and years we've had with other logistics companies who are very successful and we've built the training based upon that so we're providing a quality training on logistics a very thorough training that gives them a broad overview or we say a really solid foundation and then on that foundation you then kind of build the structure with your processes and, and all that so it really makes a lot of sense to do that like i said from a cost perspective it makes a ton of sense yeah um, and also the support so think about this if you hire somebody on your own you are the support Right? there's really nobody else that can help out But if you work with Lean, you get an account manager who's going to be your eyes and ears down in Columbia, who's going to be able to help out with uh, the different tasks that you need them to do, or if somebody's having a bad day down there whatever, you have somebody to support. You have our entire quality assurance team who's going to look at KPIs and metrics, make sure that they're on task and do what they're supposed to do. You've got our HR team who's going to deal with any HR issues for them. You don't have to deal with that. So it, it comes with a lot of support as well, not just the employee.
2: And that's all, I mean, that's really significant. So I... I we haven't been down to Columbia yet, but Which like you should. walk it's us, incredible. Talk yeah. us through what like the work environment looks there. Like yeah. boiler room,
1: no. <laughs> so so right now, obviously with COVID, you know most of our employees, uh, like I think seventy five percent are so, working from home. Yeah, um, and that's going to be the case probably for the next three to six months. Unfortunately, we would love to be back in the office, but when we get back in the office and when you know clients come down, and we encourage all of our clients to come down and you know be with their team, bring them some swag, you know really put some culture and some flair in their yeah. office down there, and make the team really feel like they're a part of. Yeah, of their culture really are important, but what they'll see is all of our offices are five star buildings, very comfortable, cool work environments. Some of the best facilities in Colombia. Um, in fact, a lot of our clients will say this is better than my office
0: back, <laughs> back
1: home. You know, so really great facilities, yeah. great culture. We do a lot of you know fun activities. Uh, we recognize everybody's birthday. Um, you know, we we provide them with um, volleyball tournaments and, and stuff like that. So it's a really cool environment. Work hard, player hard. That's good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And so again, it's the kind of thing that. Could an agent build this on their own? Probably not, you know, at least not for a
0: lot. I mean, they got a lot of money sitting around maybe, but. Not, 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 easily. I've met only one that succeeded at doing that, and he had a lot of capital to bring into it to start off. So. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a it's a big
1: lift, and again, most agents are probably not interested in doing that. Right. So if you come down, and you look at the offices, you're going to see great facilities. We have redundancy of ISPs, we have redundancy of telephone and, and uh, electrical. We have uh, generators on site, so we haven't you know nine years we haven't been down once in nine years because of redundancies that we have in place. And so it's just a, a again, it's a great work environment, great facilities, really thought through a lot of the potential problems and to overcome those and again that's just all of that experience that we have
2: you just don't get that when you yeah start 10 out that. years there's a lot of mistakes that are made in the beginning yeah. right you learn and then you build redundancies and i mean that's why you don't i was talking with a broker yesterday that their it service went down and they've been in business seven years right. and you know it's a good case of domestic companies that don't have those redundancies. right we've had issues with that we've had issues with you know cyber security to make sure that
1: we thought through that uh you know what happens when an employee is not showing up to work and you know all those things that just happen because you're dealing with people, we've, we've seen it, we've you know, figured out what the best process is moving forward. So again, it's just a lot of resources that you get when you partner with somebody like Lean um, you know, to get this done.
0: Yeah, so back to the the not taking shortcuts thing and the training, I want to give you a, a funny story really briefly here, so um, someone that I know that hired on an ops person in the past, um, they used a staffing company, it wasn't a transportation staffing company. Um, the girl did not know he asked her, um, "Hey, what's the MC for whatever?" And she's like, "What's an MC?" And it's like, "Oh my god!" Okay, let's start. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs>
1: this, this is the importance of, of, the, of the basics. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, learning the basics, and you know that's one of the reasons we we made the Freight broker basics course. Um, so obviously, if you have a if you go with a company like Lean, they've you got you guys have a structured uh, training that these folks go through. Um, Some people, if they prefer to hire themselves and they don't have training, that's why we kind of came up with our our training course that we're launching, I don't know, in a week? Two weeks? I don't know. It's all done. We're going to have it buttoned up
2: uh, as of tomorrow, I think.
0: But, um, you know, there's just a basic level of knowledge, and ours ours goes a little bit further than basics, but um, there's basic level of knowledge that you just have to have to be competent um, and not sound like an idiot when you're on the phone with somebody, right? It's just... And it doesn't take that long. You could probably train somebody up in a matter of a week or two between you know instructional and educational things plus them on the job train just to kind of get them to understand you know the the big picture of what is brokering free, what does this all mean, why you know what is my role in the in the supply chain, right, and why am I important? So, yeah, but the two things you got to be willing to step away and lose a little bit. Yeah, you know, from a
1: time perspective, because it's just going to be the way it is. Um, and two, got to be okay with somebody else doing it, maybe not quite as good as you would do it, which is so hard. Yeah. Because you know that, okay, if they do it at 95%, yeah, that kind of sucks. Like, it's not cool. But if they can do it 95% and get better, that's better than you doing it 100% on your
0: own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, that's absolutely it. And that's why, I, that's why I said that before is that the you have to set the expectation with yourself that it, it is an investment for the first month or so. When you bring somebody on inside of your agency because of you know things like this. If you only have so much time in the day, you only have so much yeah. bandwidth as an agent or as an agency owner, you're gonna have to spend that time and some money to get them trained up and to get them to understand what they're well, doing.
1: I know that you've seen this, Nick, because you work with agents, but I've had the opportunity to go to several agent conferences and yep. they give awards out. And the agencies that always get the awards are the agencies that have built a team. Absolutely. They've grown and built a team. They've taken the time to do that and it just
2: reaps them incredible benefits long term when they do that correctly on the front end. And I think that's a thing that you know Nate and I have seen more throughout this past year. I've seen it a lot more in coaching is that people just start doing it and then they're like, they bring on another guy and they're like, well, he knows how to broker. So then that guy just brokers and then they bring on another guy and then that guy just brokers and everybody ends up kind of just siloed and there's not really much operational efficiency and people are kind of bumping into heads and redundancies within the same activities. And it's not efficient, right? Because... People don't slow down to invest the time and go, wait, let's yeah. take one step back, look at everything so we can take 10 steps forward, right? Here's my here's my word picture for that. Think about making cars, right? If, if, if it made sense for one person to make
1: a car by himself, uh, then they would just have a bunch of car makers. But no, they make an assembly line and yep. everybody specializes. And because of that, they're able to make significantly more cars. Specialization, of the that's car, it. Because they accept that. And at first you might need a generalist who can do a couple of things, but the sooner you can get the specialization in your processes and get it all more of a assembly line, you'll be able to scale.
2: And that's, that's the key. You can't scale when everybody's building their own car. When you think about it, right? Like Lane and the example, like you guys specialize in bringing on people, educating them, training them, vetting them. So you're doing this every day and then you're going and tracking their metrics. So when you see somebody that's falling short, you go back through your process and go, okay, well, what didn't they get? Then it gets added. Well, you do that over and over again for nine years. Like you said, Pretty soon, there's not a lot of holes, there's no holes, and everybody's coming out the other end as close to 100% as you can ever get to human beings. That's it. That's it right there.
0: So, good stuff. That's uh, So, I guess to kind of wrap up the succeeding and growing as an agent, um, just some of the highlights we talked about is you have to know- Where you want to go first. You have to know what your vision and your goals are, and I love that you guys always ask that to your you know your prospects when you've talked to them up front. where front, is where do you want to be? Because- Someone might want to hire a different position than somebody else, right? Um, you have to know uh, – well, you have to have the timing, right, too. Don't hire too early and think that, oh, I'm, I'm only busy four hours a day right now. I could just hire somebody to, to do my four hours of work a day. And I'm going to go live on a beach. Yeah. It's like, nah, it's not going to work that way. <laughs> so there, there's a timing. There, there's a intentionality to it with knowing where you want to go. Um, and then there's – I think the the biggest thing is expectation management. Just know upfront, it's there will be some frustrations that, that go into – training somebody that's not as proficient as you are in, in the, the job that you do and you know the, the time it takes to get them up to and speed. And also I'd say just be self-aware.
1: You know, know what you want to do or what you do well and build around that. Yeah, you know, find the people who uh, can do the things that maybe you, you don't like to do or you don't do as well, and that will make it much more efficient. You know, to, to be able to focus on what you do well.
2: I think one yeah. quick question I wanted to ask you is: Is there a um, like monthly revenue number that you guys look at as kind of a base before you think somebody's a fit to start outsourcing with you guys? Um, I
1: mean, every business is a little bit different in terms of what they bring to the table, so you know, we we typically try to stay out of that. Say what we look at is okay where you know why are you reaching out to us or why do you why are you looking to hire maybe that's a better question yep. is why are you looking to hire right now maybe it is because they want to live on a beach and they've kind of got things up and running they don't want to do the work and then that's another reason why some people become agents because they think they can just you know outsource do, everything do whatever yeah. they want to mm-hmm. do right so maybe yep. that is it but maybe it's also because they're working 12 hours a day six days a week and they have no time they can't grow so it's really more or less about what their objectives are not so much about revenue numbers because yep. you know somebody could you know somebody's bandwidth might be x and somebody else's Bandwidth might be why. So from a revenue perspective, they could be way different and be at a different place when that need arises. So again, yep. we're not so much concerned about revenue as we are about Tell me why you're wanting to hire, why you're yeah. wanting to grow, what are you doing today? And then we work off of that. So what's your average monthly cost for somebody to bring on one person? I mean, the operations side of things, if you're looking at just strictly the ops side, it's somewhere between 21 and 2,500 different roles. Right? Yeah. So um, a carrier sales role is a new role we brought on. That's a, a much more strategic role, requires more sophistication, yeah. more skills for negotiation, that's 2,500 a month. Uh, basic accounting role Who's gonna be doing billing, auditing, which most agents don't have to do that. But you know that type of work is twenty one hundred. Basic, you know, track and trace specialist, data entry, you know, somebody like that is twenty three hundred. So right okay. around that range. I yeah. mean You're looking at, I mean, if
0: you're looking at the numbers annually, twenty five to twenty eight thousand all in. Yeah, it's that's on the lower
2: I'll, I'll end. I'll tell you things. what, it, you know, the
0: the agents and the brokers that are growing and bring someone out like that, you, that person is paying for their their seat in like a, a couple yeah. of days. I think just you some round numbers. Yeah. yeah. Like
2: I've always seen is you should be bringing on person number two when you're right around 16 grand in gross profit a month, give or take. About four grand a week in profit. You're right around the place where you should be looking. And between, can it. Yeah. And yeah, can, can, afford can afford it. And four to six, you should probably have one before you're at about 24, 25 grand a month in gross profit.
0: A lot of it too depends on- It's like a freight. Load count as yeah. well, complexity of a type of freight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're focused on LTL, there's a lot
2: more volume
1: involved. A lot more oh, yeah. Work involved. If you're doing yep. truckload, you can make more typically with less loads. Yeah. Kind of thing. So yep. I mean, a lot of that just, you know, take all that into consideration. But we don't look at that so much as we just want to understand, okay, why are you looking to hire? What's yep. your objective?
0: Absolutely. Well, good stuff. We've got a few QA questions here. But first, I wanted to give a shout out to our friends over at DAT. Uh, as we've mentioned on every episode, and we always do in, in all of our are posted on our Facebook group. There is a, there's links for a free month of DAT Power Express and Trucker's Edge in the episode notes and on our website and all over our social media. So if you're a broker, carrier, or both, you've got an option for any one of those, DAT is the leader in the load board world for uh, Freight Rover. So make sure you check that out in the show notes. Hey, quick question. I mean, yeah. you've been working with DAT. I
1: started my career at DAT years yeah. ago. Before they were, you know, they were DAT Solutions. When did they switch over to DAT Freight and Analytics? I don't I remember. You sure know
2: what? I, I think it was in the last year. It was. It threw me off as well. They <laughs> emailed us. I don't know if you remember. And they asked us um, for our opinions on different names. They kicked around like a four or five different ones and then they landed yeah. on that one. I would say like middle of last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I started there it was Transcore DAT. Yeah. It became mm-hmm. just DAT and then it was DAT Solutions. And then now DAT freight analytics. So yep. Um I think that I think it reflects a little bit more about what they provide in the industry. Yes. Solutions was was the first step of that because uh, hey, we provide solutions, we're providing rating, we're providing onboarding, we're providing all that. So, yeah. Uh, interesting to see that evolution. But, oh, great yeah. company, of course, and uh, in my, home, my, uh, my my second hometown of Portland, Oregon, which I miss. Like, there like, you everybody's go. Everybody's
2: had nice things to say about you over there. Sandy Cahill said hello. Oh, I need to send them a check, I guess, or something. <laughs> I
1: appreciate it. Sandy's great. There, there uh, are a lot of good people over there. Mike Weaver, my former boss, he's now uh, you know uh, running the, uh, the sales over there for the entire uh, organization, which is pretty cool.
0: Nice. So our first Q&A question, ironically, is about Loadboard. So somebody asked... Um, about Selectus, saying is Selectus good for finding smaller trucks? Um, If you don't know what Selectus is, it's a product of Omnitracks. It is a, uh, it's called the Selectus Alliance. So the requirement to be, to use the Selectus load board is to have an asset authority at a minimum, but most people are asset and broker. So what they'll do is it's intended to be a community of people sharing their available capacity with overflow freight, and they just try to match each other up. Huh. Um, but they focus on the expedited world, so it's a lot of sprinter vans, box trucks, hotshot. hotshot things like that. Um, so Selectus is good for that, but you do have to have that asset authority. So if you're just a broker, DAT is another good another good solution for you. You can post straight trucks and um, you know vans and all kinds of stuff in there. So um, check them out. Like I said, Selectus they charge, I believe it's three hundred and fifty dollars a month. And you get up to forty users, and there's no other options to it. So it's you're either all in or you're not in at all. So whereas DAT's got a lot more flexible options for you. Um, good stuff. Next question, and Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you for this one. What niche shippers are best to start with for a new broker? And I wanna I wanna kind of frame this in two ways. Let's say you're a brand new W two, and also let's say you hired Lean, right? Or you contracted with Lean, and they've got um, an account rep that you're gonna train up to do some prospecting and some business development for you. What, what would you say is a good way for or a good
2: market to start off in? So right now, everybody is struggling with capacity from the smallest shipper to the largest company in the country. Um, what most of our clients have seen the most success with is going at um, prospects with a lot of volume, a lot of lumber, a lot of brick, hay. Um, steel. A lot of the companies and the shippers that have large routing guides, there's a lot of opportunity. They're open right now. They're willing to talk to pretty much any broker that's going to be able to give them capacity. Yep. A lot of what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic is happening again. Rates are going up. So they're receptive to basically talking to anybody. Yep. And that's absolutely where I would start pointing your efforts.
0: Um, so is there, would you say there's a well, I, the answer is definitely yes, but where should you not start? Because I think there's a lot of people that they the, get in over their head with yes. certain stuff.
2: I wouldn't start at Fortune 50 companies, Fortune 100, Fortune 200. The bigger companies out there, yes, have a lot of opportunity, but just their standard procurement SOP, which is the steps you've got to go through to be onboarded, are longer. They have set time frames that are just built into their corporate, you know, standard operating procedures. So even if they need help. Sometimes it takes six months to even get onboarded. So, what I always suggest is it's like Google's approach, where 70% is where your most effort is going to be. So, going at load lists, going at people that ship a lot, 20% should be some bigger shippers that are a little harder to get into. And 10% of your prospecting effort should be at the big companies, the whales, the big, ones the that big ones, yeah. you know it'll take you a year to 14 months. So start those conversations now, but you know, ratchet your expectations back. That you're probably not going to be moving loads with them for you know a year.
0: So I'm going to hop in here and say, if you're brand new, I would discourage you from hopping into hazmat or heavy haul, oversized, um, intermodal. Yeah, yeah, very um, complex reefer that has seven picks, eight drops, and you know, high high claims. Yeah, you know, palletized dry van freight. That's probably not going to make a whole lot of margin, but it's a good place to start and get your feet wet. It's and not the lower obvious, risk, you know. right?
2: When you're the the produce and stuff is high margin. The problem is you really need somebody that knows it to help you not make common mistakes. Just yep. like, just simple things, pulping product, knowing what needs to be done for each type of produce. You don't want to start there because you're more likely to get a claim and lose that customer and a lot of money anyway. Yep.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be, don't want to be moving uh, reefer freight if you don't know how a reefer unit works and what cycle cycling versus uh, continuous is. Yeah. So good stuff, yeah. But hey, you should never be afraid to expand and learn about down, it. down yeah. the road and educate and get into new markets. So good stuff, great episode. And uh, in just less than an hour, we're going to be teeing off. So my predictions, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead of here and say that, was it a par of 72 I'm going to exactly. give yeah. I'm so going to give strokes? my I'm going to I'm going to shoot 90. 91.
1: 91.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be a bogey golfer, plus 1. So, I've been playing it a lot at 11 or 12. So, I'll give you 6. Yeah, Trey, what do you shoot?
1: Uh, anywhere from 74 to 80. Okay. So, you're going to be the It's going to be
0: right so in this order. Gonna, yeah, you want to go heads up then? Absolutely. I think we I all know. just we all just go at it. <laughs> so, we'll see. Well, good episode again, Trey. Awesome to, to be here with you and to have you on another episode. Um, if people want to reach out to Lean, how do they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, there's a
1: couple of ways. I mean, you can go to our website first of all. So it's leangroup.com, L-E-A-N group.com. They can see us on LinkedIn. Look me up as well. Um, all of our email addresses are first initial, last name at leangroup.com. So reach out to me, T Griggs at leangroup.com. Um, yeah, and, uh, and just check us out. Also, it shows. will be at Freeways Live at home this week. Nice. you were at TIA last week obviously the shows that are coming up I think in is there one in August that uh, is going to be
2: live uh, I, I heard that there was one so DAT's conference is beginning of DATCON's in October DATCON is in October okay. and TIA what was MacLeod's in September
1: yeah uh, there's another one, though, that uh, is ahead of that. I gosh it's skipping my mind right now, but we'll be at a lot, of the, a lot of the shows. We're doing some regional events, so we'll be we'll be out there. But and you guys got a new podcast. We do, yeah. So we have uh, – we actually have two. So we have Bathrooms and Bunkers, which the, the um, next episode is actually dropping this week with Ann uh, of oh, yeah. C.I.A. So very excited about that one. Um, I'm getting a chance to um, uh, interview my – I'm really excited about this, so uh, I haven't told anybody yet, but I'm interviewing my college basketball coach. For the next episode, a man won over 900 games wow. at the NAI and NCAA level, which puts him on the same level as like Coach K, Dean Smith. I think he's in the top 15 of all wow. college coaches ever That's awesome. Uh, out of William Jewell College in Liberty, Missouri. So excited about that. What we're doing is we're wanting just to tell stories of excellence from incredible people around the globe, just to inspire and motivate and encourage people. Yep. And so these are some really cool people. We've had uh, Marcus Ogden and Vernon Fox from the NFL. We've had Jared Wolf on there. We've had a guy named Kevin Tenter, who's a business coach in, in Phoenix that does a tremendous job, him and his wife. Um, so just really neat having some really great guests on there. Just to yeah. tell some cool stories. That's great. It's different than a, a typical podcast where you sit and talk. We do it live. We do a lot of B-roll footage. It's mm-hmm. a lot of visual stimulation along with the, with the podcast, which is a lot of fun. Cool. And then on Fridays every every week we do Word on the Street at noon, which is a great little group of transportation specialists that we talk transportation, we talk life, we talk uh, politics a little bit. Um, so it's it's a really fun fun group at uh, noon Central every, every nice. week. So. All yeah. powered by Lean Solutions Group.
0: So, so there you, make sure you go. That's yeah, it.
2: if you haven't, add Trey to your LinkedIn contacts. Always putting out great content out there on LinkedIn as well. Appreciate that.
0: Appreciate yeah, we'll put, a, we'll put a link in the episode notes for, for your LinkedIn, Trey. I will appreciate it. That'd be great. Good stuff. Any final thoughts, gentlemen?
2: Go Chiefs. Whether you believe <laughs> you can or believe you can't, you're right. Until next time, go Bills. Go Chiefs. That wraps
0: up this episode of Freight 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all the other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes for links to any articles and content that we referenced on this episode. Visit us on the web at www.freight360.net.
2: And if you'd like to learn more about a new home for your agency, contact me directly. And if you'd like to learn more about me coming out to run a free complimentary sales training for your team, check me out on LinkedIn or again at www.freight360.net.